Welcome to the C3 Calgary podcast. We're so grateful that you're a part of our family and we'd love to invite you to one of our services. To find locations, times, and more information about our church, visit our website at myc3church.ca or find us on Instagram. Enjoy the message. Christ. Look at y'all like we start the service and Lord, will they come? And look at you. You're all here. Thank you for coming this morning. My, um, my, my capacity was really um, profoundly enlarged this week as we met and agreed in prayer. Was, this week's prayer times were the best I think we've ever had. Um, really, really good. Every night was different. Every night was different. We met for four nights, fasted, and um, I am super excited about next year. My, fa- my, my father-in-law's brother, that would make um, him my uncle, Reg, he used to fast. <laughs> I mean, he, you look, he looked like a fasting machine. He was about this wide. And, um, and he, was, he would do extended fasts. And um, a short one for him was 30 days. And he, he, uh, he used to go just camp. And then, um, but he walked into a hotel. He, when he told me this story, it was so fascinating. After 30 days of fasting, something like that, he walked into a hotel. And the people at the reception desk, she, they said, would you please not come any closer? In fact, would you please leave? And he said, why? They said, well, there's flames on you. It looks like you're on fire. We don't know what's going on. I don't know what, I don't, I don't understand that. But I thought it was a cool story. I haven't had any flames coming off of me, unfortunately. I would sort of like that. Morning, Miranda. Morgan. I love following Miranda because I get to see the world. She's like everywhere, always traveling. Um, I want to talk this morning about prayer a little bit. And, um, and it's a big topic. Um, yeah. Before I do, you know, one of, the, one of the things we prayed was Jeremiah 33, 3. I did every night, every, every day. And, and it says there that, call on me and I will show you great and marvelous things. Call that you didn't know. Great, great things about your future. When we, this requires an action of us first. Here, I'm going to kind of talk about this, about natural and supernatural, about how there's a, there's a, there's a natural aspect and then there's a supernatural aspect. It's like, it's like wasn't it amazing that, that Lazarus was able to walk out of the tomb? But he asked people to move the stone. Wouldn't you have thought, if he can raise him from the dead, he could have moved a stone. But he invites us to be partners with him in doing that. And I think that's a cool thing, that we can partner with heaven to accomplish supernatural things. Just by doing some natural stuff, right? So I'm just going to do a natural, supernatural thing right now. Is that okay? Great. Is everybody okay with that? I'd like to call Ralph and Marilyn to the front. Oh, my gosh. I know. I've seen your mouth drop. Here's what happens sometimes in prayer. He shows you pictures. The Lord shows you pictures. You call on him, and he'll show you things that are to come. So he showed me something. You can stand here if you want. I know it's a long ways up here. We can all see you down here. This is, this is Ralph Marilyn, everybody. 
<laughs> um, Ralph had an amazing picture the Lord showed him about a little boat going like this on Wednesday night, I think it was. And then, and then he thought the church, or he felt that, that meant the church kind of comfortable. Then, the church, then it got a little more, a little rougher. And then, you know, and the boat was still okay, but it was a little rough. And then along came a big wave and just threw the boat all over the place. I thought that was cool. But I think it's for you, too. Um, on the last night of the, of the prayer time, uh, a lady came up to me that I trust. And she said, Pastor, you wouldn't believe what I've seen tonight. I don't know how to explain it. But she said, I've seen this great big wave coming like this. And she said, and the wave is Jesus. And I said, yeah, I heard that a few nights ago. Uh, do you know what I kept seeing when I was praying for you this week? There wasn't long prayers. It was just a little prayer. It was just a little prayer. Here's, here's what I've seen. I've seen the Lord. Here's what I've seen. I've seen, I've seen Joyce Meyer standing beside you and taking off her blazer and then putting it on you. I, what, what I saw, I think, was you are about to receive a public mantle of teaching. That's what I believe I saw. Now the question is, are you okay with that? Are you ready for that? I am. And, and I've seen the opposite. There's a passage that says, don't despise your youth. I, and, and I felt the Lord was saying the opposite word for you. Don't despise your age. Now, Father, just, just join. Yeah, Father... These are just things that you do that we can't do, but we have to agree. We got to say, we got to say amen to your yes. Amen. So, Father, today we just declare over Ralph and Marilyn the, the the beautiful thing about their faithfulness is about to turn into fruitfulness in measures that they could never have asked or imagined. So I bless them with incredibly fruitful years ahead. And that you're, even, even, even if the wave hits them and they begin to toss and turn, we will know one thing, is that you are the captain. So we trust you with their future, and we commission them into this new season in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Who knows, hey? Who would have known? Thanks. Oh, okay. Um, I want you to take your Bibles and turn to 1 John chapter 3. Um, Pastor Phil told us pastors this week that 50% of a pastor's job is prayer. That's quite a job description. I felt like a wimp. Uh, first, first John chapter 3. I'm gonna, I didn't know quite how to title my message this morning, so I've called it confident prayer, but I, but I think a better word uh, would be Genesis prayer. Turn, turn with me if, if you've got your Bibles. Even if you don't, turn with me. 1 John chapter 3. Beloved, this probably won't be up there. Oh, it is, good. <laughs> Beloved, if your heart does not, con- if our heart does not condemn us, notice the plurality. It's the same in prayer. Our Father. Our. It's like Charlotte said, Together. If our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence before God. Now, now this is a beautiful thing because it refers to something in the inner man, the heart of man, and then our position before God. Confidence. 
And what, whatever we ask, we receive from him because we keep his commandments and do what pleases him. All of that goes together in one phrase, right? If our hearts don't condemn us, hearts condemn confidence. Whatever we ask, wow, we receive. It's conditional upon our hearts not condemning us. Did you see that? In other words, a confident prayer requires us first to deal with the lack of confidence first. So if your heart doesn't condemn you, so if your heart's condemning you, what do you got to do? You got to deal with your heart. It's kind of that simple. And I, but but this, is a, this is not a small thing. This is a super important thing. Is when you begin to pray, you become aware of what's going on inside of you. And deal with that. So if your hearts don't condemn us, you have confidence before God. And whatever we ask, we receive because we keep his commandments and do what pleases him. It's conditional upon us being in an abiding relationship with the Lord. When he says the commandments, he really doesn't, he doesn't mean the, the top ten. He's, ref, he's referring to, and that, well, actually, he, he lays it out next. Whoever keeps his commandments abides in God. And he, okay, and this is the commandment that we believe. And this is the commandment, next verse. But anyway, we, do, we keep his commandment, and we do what pleases him. So if our lifestyle needs to be calibrated, we calibrate that in, 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 the, in the genesis or the first, first processes of prayer. We deal with us. This is super important. Why? Because if you're going to have confidence in prayer, confidence is not an outside work, it's an inside work. It comes from the inside. And then if you were to just... Turn over the page to chapter 5. It says, and this is the confidence that we have toward him that if we ask anything in his will, he hears us. And if, and if we know that he hears us, wow. No, if I know he hears me, us, and whatever we ask, we know that we have the requests that we have asked for. We know we have the request that he asked for. Confidence in prayer is possible. For many of us, our prayer lives are, they, they, they feel less than powerful and less than confident. Am I, am I right? Most of us? Most of us feel that way. But, but the, if the beginning of prayer is the posture we take by dealing with what's happening on the inside of us. We, we, the other thing we prayed this week was Zechariah chapter 12 uh, about, about the spirit of prayer. There's actually a spirit of prayer. Chapter 12 and I think verse, I can't remember, but chapter 12 is Zechariah. Um, this is the confidence we have. At that, at, this is the confidence that we have. I want to talk about that, about confident prayer. Um, um, many times in Scripture, when people study Scripture and they see a contradiction in Scripture, they lose confidence in the Scriptures. Am I, you see a contradiction, right? Uh, um, Mark Twain used to say, he said, that it's not the things that I don't understand in the Bible that bother me, it's the things I do understand. <laughs> There's some things that are kind of obvious, but when you see a contradiction in Scripture, you have to begin by acknowledging this, first of all, that every word is true. Now, if you come to it and you're not sure about it, you look for a contradiction and you say, meh. But a contradiction what is, is actually, a, this, is, this is what it is. It's an invitation to dig deeper into the Scriptures because God cannot lie. 
That's one of the things he can't do. When people say God can do anything, I said, no, that's not true. He can't lie. There's a number of things he can't do, right? Can't sin. Um, but but that, that's something that we need to be quite aware of. When we see a contradiction. So why is that important? It's important for you and I to then, when I see something that doesn't seem like uh, congruent, I need to take that as an invitation for a deep dive into the scripture. That's what it is. Um, last week, as we entered the fast, I mentioned about Matthew chapter 6, verses 2, 5, and 16. There's three actions that should consistently follow the life of a believer. And he, just, he doesn't even make a big deal about it. He just says, okay, so when you give, when you pray, and when you fast. It's not if. And, and, then, late, and then he gives a little bit of instruction about that. So when you pray, don't do it like this. When you, when you give, don't do it like this. But the first verse in chapter 6, those of you who are students of the scripture, and we'll go home this afternoon, this is your homework, is that you see the first, what he says in verse 1. Because he says, deal with your motives first. Because if not, they're going to get revealed when you give, when you pray, and when you fast. That's when our motives get revealed. And when we deal with any ungodly motives... Confidence starts to rise within us. So I, I honestly believe that every one of us want to give, pray, and fast. The question is, how? <laughs> so we, did, we started our, our sessions out with a little bit of teaching on how. And once we know how, it makes it a lot easier. But often when we see, again, we see a little contradiction in Scripture, it's an invitation to go deeper. That's, that's what that is. All right. Um, I find that there's an infinite number of styles because there's an infinite number of personalities. There's all different types of prayer. I'm going to talk about one specifically. Uh, and take your Bibles to turn to Acts chapter 12, if you would, please. This is, this is one of the... Um, I don't know if you laugh when you read scriptures or not. When I read, uh, many times I laugh. And when I laugh, I'll put a little smiley face in the column. This is one of them. This chapter is hilarious. Have you, anybody read chapter 12? Well, let's read it now then. <laughs> well, we won't read it all. So, so Peter and James are in prison. I'll do a quick summary. Um, um, spoiler alert, the prayer works. So, he, so they're, they're in prison. And this is the third time Peter's in prison. Now, if anybody's been in prison, don't raise your hand. It's... It's an uncomfortable kind of a place. And these types of prisons were really uncomfortable. They would have, you would be chained to two guards, one on each side. Uncomfortable. Um, so, so it says, that it starts off, and, and about that time, uh, Herod the king laid violent hands on some who belonged to the church. He killed James, the brother of John with the sword. And when he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded to arrest Peter also. Okay. Okay, um, the rest, the, the, he gives one half of a scripture to getting, James getting killed by a sword. I would like to, like what happened? Like what? But it just hardly says anything. But, but, then, but then it says, so it made everybody happy, so I went and got Peter. And Peter's like the third time in jail. He says, okay, okay, just right here, right here. Hey, boys. He just sort of knew it was cool, right? And, or not cool, but he, just, he knew what to do. 
And, and he said he proceeded to arrest them. This was during the days of the unleavened bread. And when they seized him, they put him in prison, delivered him over to four squads of soldiers. He, he must have been a threat. And, uh, and uh, to guard him, and intending after the Passover to bring him out to the people. So Peter was kept in prison. But earnest prayer for him was made to God by the church. When you pray, prison doors open. I don't know how, but this, this particular passage is interesting. The word earnest prayer, it means violent prayer. This isn't like a one and done prayer. Do you, do you remember Elijah praying? He, he, pray, he asked eight times. And sometimes we are a little bit uh, lazy in our prayers. <laughs> But there's only one other time that this word is used, earnest prayer in Scripture, and that was at Gethsemane. How many know that Jesus used earnest, violent prayer so much so that he sweat blood? It's a great story. This is a great story. Herod the Great uh, was a nutcase. Uh, he was the one who ordered the genocide at Bethlehem. This is his son. He, and, 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 so, and he, this is the guy that beheaded John. So, I mean, killing him was just a yawner for him. It, what, you know, no big deal. So, it says, he killed James, the brother of John. Now, if I'm following James into prison, and my buddy has just lost his whatever, he didn't say, didn't say he beheaded him, did he? He just says he was killed by the sword. I don't know. I prefer to die of old age, I think. But, whew. So, he, he, already, so he, he gets killed by the sword, he, and, and he's with him, and he's chained in his four squadrons. What is he thinking? I'm thinking, if I'm Peter, I'm next. And, and it's an interesting thing, because he didn't know what was going on. But what was going on was the church. If my people, <laughs> called by my name, if my people... But humble himself and pray. I'll do all kinds of wild things. Why does he need us to do this? That's just interesting. I think he likes the partnership. Anyway, so he didn't realize that they were, and they weren't just having a, um, you know, a nice little prayer before food. It was violent, earnest prayer. I, I'm not even sure what that specifically means, but I know there's times in my prayer life, times, not all the time, I just feel like there's, there's, there's life and death in the balance today. I never know what it is. It's such an interesting thing. So anyway, violent prayer. And, um, and then if you, if you read further on, you'll find in verse 12, um, it says that where many were gathered and were praying. I, I, you know, so lots of times in Scripture, because I know the, the Scriptures say, and you all know this, there were two or three are gathered in my name. I'm there also. And many times it does take agreeing prayer. But there's also times where the guy, people are just praying alone. Daniel prayed alone. Moses prayed alone lots of times. So it's not always. What am I saying? I'm saying, what, okay, so what's the key to prayer? Uh, no keys specific, sorry, there's no specific style or posture. There's all kinds. On your knees, on your face, like wherever, the, the, you know, all times, sometimes. Like it's just, so anyway. Um, so they're praying, uh, and when, when Herod is about to bring him out, 
uh, that very night, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers. Now, I remember the last time I was in prison. <laughs> I don't want to speak too fast, because... But, but um, uh, right, and you know the story, after I got saved, I got thrown in jail. So, uh, there I was in prison. And, uh, and on this side was a, was a, well, on both sides they were demonized, but this, this guy was trying to uh, hang himself, and this guy was trying to plug uh, something in. He was trying to do something, and he, they both had death wishes. No one was chained to me. I'm not sleeping. I, Peter's, Peter's sleeping. You notice that? Well, I mean, he's been delivered from prison twice before. He's probably thinking, what's it going to be like this time? What's going to happen this time? This is, this is just like confidence before God. So what happens is, uh, and, and behold, an angel of the Lord stood next to him, and a light shone in the, cell, in the cell. He struck Peter on the side and woke him up. <laughs> now, I don't know if you think that's funny or not. I think that's hilarious. He's chained. There's a light, and there's an angelic being in front of him, in front of them all. The, the, little, the trilogy, him and two guards. It's kind of funny. Do you, you know that in Psalm 91 it says that if you dwell in the shadow of the Almighty, or if, you know, and how he'll commission angels, give them charge over you. you y'all believe in angels? He was touched by an angel. <laughs> um, well, well I, here's my question. It doesn't say this. I wonder if they were praying for an angelic visitation. We don't know. I'm not sure if they believed in angels, but they would have known that angels closed Daniel's mouth. They would have known Psalm 91. They would have known that angels were on assignment. So it doesn't really say... <laughs> uh, you know, if, okay, so pardon my prayer, but I, pro- I might have probably said, Lord, um, let there be justice, you know, let the sword be quick, or I don't know. But, but who would have prayed that an angel shows up and a bright light, light from heaven and, and, come on, wake up, what are you, uh. so I reckon that Peter thinks he's dreaming. That's what I think. I don't know. The angel said to him, dress up, put on your sandals. I mean, he's, he's locked up. And he did so. Naturally, aren't you going to do so? And he said to him, wrap your cloak around you and follow me. So he went out, followed him. He didn't know that what was being done by the angel was real. (laughs) That was a vision. Uh, When they passed through the first and second guard, they came to the iron gate leading out of the city, and it opened to them. And they went out and went alone into the street, street, and immediately the angel left him, and Peter came to himself. Okay, so it's just a funny story. I find it's a funny story. Uh, i got to speed up. I got two more points, kind of. And um, I, I just think it's kind of funny because um, he shows up and, um, and he knocks on the door. And the very, so here's, what, here's what's happening. Churches gather and they're praying. I don't, we don't know what they're praying. It doesn't say it, but they're praying earnestly, violently. They're praying. All of a sudden, the answer shows up at the door. I mean, I, so it, so when we pray, things begin to happen. They don't, they don't necessarily happen instantly. Angels don't necessarily show up at the door. Answers are on their way because we have confidence before God if we're asking according to his will. This is where confidence comes from. They knew Peter, it wasn't, 
I mean, he's on death row. Peter, dead man walking. Anyway, I love it. Um, and, and so she gets to the door. Rhoda goes to the door. She leaves him standing at the door. This just is hilarious. When um, I think it was our second child, um, Kelly was um, about to have a baby there. Um, like really, really, really about to have a baby. And we're at the, at the hospital. And um, so I, I, we, we uh, put her in a wheelchair. And they said, go down to room, whatever it was, the birthing room. So I run down the hall. Kelly said, hey. I go, we're going to need you in there too. I totally, I left her at the, at the admission desk. Well, well, well. Rhoda goes to the door, goes to the door, Peter's there, answered a prayer, goes back inside. It's just, it's just funny, anyway. And, and, and they report, she reported, he's standing at the, at the gate. They said, uh, they said to her, well, you're out of your mind. Like, God can't answer prayer. Not really. But she kept insisting it was so, and they kept saying, it's an angel. Peter's far, but he'd been released. And Peter continued knocking, and when they opened it, they, were, they saw him, they were amazed, they motioned to him. So he had to say to them, he said, be quiet, everybody. This, put yourself in the story. It's just funny. There's a whole bunch of, they're making a big racket. He said, okay, 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 okay. My, my question is this. The Lord opens up a prison door. You think he couldn't open up like an ordinary door? He requires our participation. That's the only point I'm making. It's just a cool story. God opened the prison door, sent an angel. To open up the other door, he sends Rhoda. Are you with me? It might be a little thing that the Lord asks you to do, but it's part of the process of answer prayer. Okay, it's kind of all I wanted to say. Um, I could... I could Make that longer, I don't want to. Um, this is the prayer of intervention, and it's similar to the prayer of intercession. But it's a prayer of intervention. Um, what happens? In, in the prayer of intervention, you need revelation and authority. And you probably need to pray a little bit more violently. But when you do, and you wonder when you get in that state, and you feel like something's being birthed, when you get in that state, here's what you got to know all the way through that an answer is on the way. That's the confidence we have when we pray, that when we ask anything according to his will, it will be done. Are you with me? That's a, pretty, it's a really important point. Uh, now I'm going to ask a provocative question. Hopefully in that last point, I got you to trust me a little bit because I'm going to go rogue for a minute. You all right? Question. Don't answer. It's somewhat rhetorical. Not really. But it's going to provo- provoke you for a moment. Um, where does prayer Start. Think about it. What's the genesis of prayer? Think about it. Where does prayer start? Then, just from nowhere. It comes from someplace. Some right? It comes from somewhere. Where's, where do, what's the? Where's it begin? I'll never forget a meeting I, I was in uh, probably 25 years ago by a guy named maybe 30, but uh, Jim Symbol. Has anybody heard of Jim Symbol? Wild man in prayer. He preached on Genesis chapter 4 and verse 23. Because it wasn't until chapter 4, it says, and then people began to call on the name of the Lord. Before chapter 4, no one's praying. What are they doing? Well, of course, Adam and Eve had a pretty good 
thing going on, well, until everything came unraveled. But so, so what's, the, what's the genesis? Because, because I want to bring a bit of a counterbalance to the if my people are called by my name. I want to bring the, I want to bring the other side of it. So just come along for the ride. If not, because this isn't a threat, but if not, <clears throat> uh, part, of, part of us, our prayer and, and our relationship with the Lord requires us to be searching out the whole counsel of God, right? Not taking one little passage, one little scripture, building our life around that. So I want you to hear me. Um, I want to deal with another cliche um, have, has anybody ever heard that prayer moves the hand of God? Probably have. Yeah. Nice. I, and I'm in agreement with that. Mostly. What happens when we pray? No, no, no. no but I do, I do believe it. What happens when we pray and why, and you know why I like people praying pu- publicly, because I can di- then it helps me understand where they're at. It locates you. It's like a little ping. How you pray determines so much about how you view God. I know you don't listen to yourselves pray as much. I didn't used to either. I would just rattle along and go down my list. Um, but, but in our prayer times and in our worship times, it reveals our revelation of who God the Father is. The reason I think that in the disciples' prayer, where he starts off by saying, Our Father, I think there's a reason for that. And I think it's because prayer starts from the heart of God. That's where it starts. And there's many times when I'm praying, before I'll get into it, I start going down the shopping list, and I keep, I keep lists of prayer. <laughs> More so as I get older, for obvious reasons. But, but, but the Bible says the memory of the righteous is blessed. I'm going to take that to mean the memory. But what I'll do is I'll go, I'll go okay, Lord, I, kn- I know what's on my heart. What's in your heart? And then I'll sit for a minute. And I'll try to get a little bit quieter because there's lots of noise. So what I tend to do is I'll put on instrumental music. For Kelly, it's the birds. Because I like nature music. I feel like I'm outside. Nature connects me with God very easily. So I'll put on nature music. I'll put on those, instru- those lows. Low. It's beautiful. What am I doing? I'm trying to get the noise out of my head so I can connect with heaven because I believe that's where prayer starts. Lord, what's on your heart? Because I know it's, and here's what it is. It's, it's, he's always good. And he's always, but it, this reveals our, our understanding of who God is. Now understand this. If not, I understand if my people, I get that. You all get that. He will if we will. It's a partnership. But don't you know that Jesus demonstrated his love for us and that while we were yet sinners, he died for us? Who started that? Don't you know that he says, I chose you, you didn't choose me? Who started that? Anybody remember the story of the prodigal? <laughs> the father's looking. The f- he, and, and the prodigal knows the heart of the son. What about this one? Um, <clears throat> how that, it says in Romans chapter 8, we know not how to pray... But it says the Spirit prays through us and with us with groanings. Somehow God can understand and translate a groan. Why? Because he gets it all. It, be, it begins with him. Even when we don't, even when I haven't, while I was still sinful, while I'm still separated, he's never stopped 
working on me. I love it. I run to the Father again and again and again and again. Why? Because he's always running towards me. We don't need to really pray for revival. What we need to pray is simply obedience and understand that revival is already on the heart of God. Are we ready to align ourselves with the purposes of heaven and just let him come and do whatever he wants? What about that? That's all good as long as we're all good. But like what if the tsunami hits and there's you know what everywhere? All right. What type of a father would withhold anything from his child? Jesus said, you being evil, if you know how to give good gifts, how much more? How much more? Come on. How much more? If we being evil, I know my heart as a father. One of the biggest things that hurts me, all you dads know this, is when you can't provide for your kids. Every, every father, this is, this is every, I'm talking every father. And what father can't wait to give something to his kids? And us being evil. What well-adjusted father, if your child is in need, would not run to their wherever they are and do whatever you could and you being evil. What father wouldn't do that? I'm, I'm asking every man in here. What, if you had a fridge full of food and you knew your kids couldn't put together a meal, what, what man, what father among you and us being evil, which one of us wouldn't say, kids, even if they didn't ask, come on over, help yourself. What father wouldn't do that? Every good and perfect gift comes down from the father of lights. You don't have to beg. You don't have to grovel. You don't have to, I, 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 yeah, there's a beautiful humility when your kids ask. There's, there's something beautiful about that. It's nice when your kids call up and ask for something. But if I know, and if you know, your kids need something, aren't you ready to give it as quick as you can? Who isn't? All right, last point. There's a simple formula in Luke chapter 11. That's very complicated. It says, ask, knock, and seek. Simple formula. That's just so complicated. It's very simple. It's so complicated. No, but it's so simple. Mm, it's so complicated. Um, <clears throat> if, if it, what, what complicates it mostly is our families of origin. That's what complicates it mostly. Did any of you as kids, don't answer, but did any of you as kids get reprimanded for asking? Did you ever hear, and don't ask again, right? What happens now when we come to our Heavenly Father? 
we got this echo from our family of origin. My scripture, come on up. My Bible says, don't be conformed to this world. I want to, here's what I want to do when I finish this point up. I want, to, I want to pray for people that want an upgrade in their prayer life. If you were reprimanded as asking, you'll probably, here's what you'll probably do, is you'll probably be slow at asking your heavenly daddy too. Here's what it says in James. This is, you have not because you ask not. Isn't that simple? Mm-hmm. It's kind of that simple. It's kind of that complicated. What happens when we begin to pray and we start to ask, there's a little voice that says, who are you to ask for that? Anybody ever heard that voice? You devil get behind me. Because my daddy says, whatever you need, whatsoever you ask in prayer, this is the confidence you have. Are you with me? I'm going to go after another cliche in just a second. Um, you have not because you ask not. John chapter 16, verse 24. Sure, truly I say, whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he will give it. Until now you have nothing because you've asked nothing. This is Jesus. I used to, when I'd go to, uh, go to restaurants, the Holy Spirit really dealt with me on this, by the way. I'd said, because I, when I'd go get, a, uh, get a reservation, I'd say, this is Dr. Lorne. Always got through. It was bad. It was bad. Don't do that. No, no, don't do as I do. Do as I say. Uh, and, and then the, further in John chapter 16, he says, ask and receive. Why? So that you can be abundantly joyful. Your heavenly Father wants you joyful. And, and you know what I found when he asks, or when I ask, I, f- I find that he's oftentimes will say, is that it? Don't you want more? And, here, and here's the lie that we've been, we've heard this. Anybody ever heard this? God will meet your need, not your greed. Anybody ever heard that? God will meet your needs, but not your greeds. You don't know my daddy. You don't know him. You don't know him. He said, I'm ready to do exceedingly abundantly beyond all that you ask, think, or imagine. And I want to so that your joy can be filled. I know, I know, we got to be careful. Don't get too out there. Don't ask him to pay off your mortgage. That's a little bit much. Then you'll begin to get, uh, get over your good self. Your heavenly Father can't wait to have a moment with you, and he wants us to ask a big, not just enough. I know, I know, I can feel it. It's coming back. I feel it. Feel that too. The goodness of God. Um, the nature of our Father is leverage, uh, understanding in our prayer, it's leverage upon a revelation of the Father. Romans chapter 8, verse 32. If he did not withhold his son. Do you hear me? If he did not withhold his son. If he did not withhold his son. How much more? He gave the very best. You guys, we need to upgrade our prayer time. We need to upgrade it. And we need to deal with our hearts and deal with the lack of confidence and deal with some of these rusty old cliches that just keep us from entering into an abundant life. If you being evil, I'm done. I mean, that's enough. Oh, maybe there's another. No, that's enough.
Sometimes I think little Ellister, that he, he thinks this is his playground here. We, we need to be like little children. I want to I pray for people who are ready in 2023 to have a brand new revelation of the Father and to have an upgrade like a 2.0 in your prayer life. Stand with me, please. I want you to come to the front. Those are, you, this, you, this, just, this just resonates in your heart. This just, you've, been, you've, you've been just praying lack prayers, just enough prayers. You've been, that, that's what you've been doing, just enough. Father, if us being evil and every father in here was convicted of that, if you being evil know how to get good gifts, how much more your heavenly father? Lord, this is a, this is a year, you told me, Lord, you said this would be a year of preparation. <clears throat> Best preparation is on your face before God. Try it someday. Knees are great. James had camel knees. That was, that, they, call, they used to call James old camel knees. Okay, now, just, 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 just keep doing this, because shut yourself in for a moment and do that little practice I said, Lord, what's on your heart? Just close your eyes. What's on your heart, Lord? Simple. You're not asking anything. You're listening. You're just... Lord, what are those things on your heart right now? What are those things? Oh, what are those things in your heart? Lord, forgive us for the, our family origins that we brought into the family of God. Oh, I hope you can feel the heart of the Father. And we run to the Father again and again and again. Lord, just listen, just, li just listen. There's a sound of heaven. There's a breath of heaven. There's a sound and a breath. There's a song in heaven. Lord, a song of deliverance. Song of praise. Song of victory. Father, there's some that have been in prison. If you want to send an angel, to release us from bondages, addictions, unforgiveness. We're open to that. Ooh. Father, I pray for a spirit of prayer to come on each one that's gathered here right now. I don't think the Lord wants you groveling right now. You can repent if you need to say you're sorry for a moment. I think that's fine. But we're here with a different agenda today. We want God, the Father's heart for us when we have dialogues in prayer. Lord, every wound, every curse, any family habit we break today in the name of Jesus. And we listen for your heart. Father, I thank you we can begin by saying our Father because we're not alone. Lord, I pray over each one that's right here right now. Well, I just feel, I feel wind. I'm having, I can stand still and feel wind. Lord, just come and blow away the dust. Blow away the ashes. Take off those cloaks of mourning. Ah, joy. Father, I thank you for your joy. You said that there's a time to pray, uh, to, for tears, but then you said it's followed by joy. 2022 is filled with tears. 
Let 2023 be filled with joy. Father, I declare over everyone that's gathered here, their ears will be open to hear the heart of heaven. Lord, I declare every year unstopped, every year unstopped to hear the heart of the Father. Oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God. We declare, Lord, this year, a year of great rejoicing because we know we will have what we ask because we've asked according to your will and we're able to discern your will because we're asking you for that before we ask anything else. Lord, what is on your heart? Father, I'm just so thankful that you've allowed me to lead this church filled with hungry people that want your heart. That's all we want, Lord. That's all we want. So Father, we thank you that this week, this month, spirit of prayer as it rests upon us, we'll know exactly what to do because we're going to receive intel from the throne room of heaven. And I thank you for new styles, new strategies that come right from your heart for our families. We have not because we ask not. And, we, and, and, and Lord, we're not going to ask amiss any longer. The day has come. We're done with being stolen from. And we're going to pray your way, our Father, in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Thank you so much for being in the house of the Lord. Your release. Go and change your world. Thanks for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe to our podcast and check out our C3 Calgary live stream on YouTube. If this message resonated with you and you'd like to give to our church, you can do so on our website at myc3church.ca. See you next week.